Last time on Radioactive Spider Pod. Please send help. Please help me. I've never been so frightened in my life. Really? Because she's flirting with anything that moves in this episode. You seem kind of cute in a creepy sort of way. Well, what do you know? The important thing is we get that sweet X-Men theme. It makes me want to watch X-Men. Oh man, X-Men's so good. Stop him! Sorry, Montfrey, but Gambit's seen no future for you in the cops. Strike again! That'll come back later, him working for a newspaper. It always comes back. My spider sense is going crazy. You can just use your eyes. Do spiders have spider sense? What are Cite? Mary Jane says she likes it smooth. Gene, go to the control room and turn this program off. On my way. Being a mutant's a gift. I go where I want to go. No man is an island complete unto himself. John Donne. Get it? You read books. Name a more iconic duo. Hobgoblin and trying to get paid. I want to be alone with all my favorite presidents. Is that the ooze that the Ninja Turtles came out of? I've heard all I want to hear from you ex-people. Excuse me. Mutie? We are all alone until we accept our need for others. John Dunn. Did you think things were going to be easy, boy? Huh? Did you? Listen, is she his aunt through marriage? Because that's fine. Yes, it's Ben Parker. Oh, so it's totally fine. It's yeah, totally it's fine. That's totally fine. fine. Yeah, no, okay. it's totally fine. Yep. Can't do it, Uncle Ben. I got rotten luck. Yeah, his parents are dead. He's probably got shitty luck. Beast's bed hasn't been slept in. I've been smelling it all day. He's usually solid as a rock. What is going on between you two? Oh, come on, Jubilee. One more time. Who the fuck is this bigot that Peter's talking to? I'm surprised at you, Cecily. Really surprised. Ha! <laughs> lover. But so you can see where like Wolverine's power comes from. Oh, I can also see why Peter was falling asleep during this presentation. Emma Frost is too sexy for the series. Every last three-eyed, six-legged, four-nosed one of them. <laughs> he hates anything that's not money. Yes, your spider agility, you fucking idiot! Finally. Steady little secret. Puffs plus. Get some Kleenex. A widow in need deserves Puffs plus indeed. <laughs> And now, let's swing back into it. Ahoy, dear listeners, and welcome back to Radioactive Spider-Pod, the podcast that breaks down all the quips and thwips of the 90s Spider-Man animated series. I'm your MC for today, the kick-ass Kevin McAvoy. With me, as always, my merry band of mercenaries, the vengeful Veronica Taylor. Just like revenge, I'm a dish best served cold. Oh, you're a dish, all right. And the punishing Peter Iskandar. CV Pachum Parabellum. Dorcas Malorcas. I don't know Latin. <laughs> anyway, before we get into it, check out our social media for screenshots, updates, all that good stuff. We're on RA SpiderPod on Twitter. Radioactive Spider Pod on Facebook and Instagram, and all the links are on our website, radioactivespiderpod.com. All right. Feel like it's a little bit lonelier here. We don't have our special guest from last week. We scared him off. It's just it's back to basics with us nerds. Just a couple of voices. Some louder than others. Yeah, some louder than others. Actually, speaking of voices, I fell into a rabbit hole while researching the voice acting. Um, I kind of got excited because... Uh, the guy who plays Wolverine, Cal Dodd, is Canadian. And nice. I was like, that's kind of cool. And uh, then I looked into it more. And I'm like, oh, 
the guy who plays Beast is also Canadian. That's fun. And then I was like, oh, so is the guy who plays Xavier and Jean and Cyclops. And it turns out that all of the voice work for the X-Men show was done by a Canadian studio. So basically all of them are Canadian. Woo. Or at least yep. lived in Canada at the time. Our one true fan, Andrew Grieve, put a, commented saying that as well on the, on our uh, Facebook. That's true. Andrew kindly pointed out uh, that there is a Canadian studio because everything's cheaper here if you're an American. Yes. Actually, a bunch of these people are kind of still around. The person who played Jubilee was the clown on Big Comfy Couch, if you're familiar, and also did Claire Redfield in uh, Resident Evil. Oh. She is just a clown in her dolly. <laughs> on the Big Comfy Couch. I'll climb her dolly on the big- the person who played Jean was surprisingly quite a prolific voice actress as well. And Professor X, uh, that guy was pretty big on Canadian television. But even more interestingly, those two got married. Woo! Oh. And then divorced. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm in a glass cage of emotion. <laughs> Cyclops and Storm didn't really do much else. Gambit played the son on Kung Fu The Legend Continues. Oh, uh, with David Carradine, uh, which is nice. kind of cool. Um, but Rogue not only had an incredibly extensive voice acting and acting career, she's currently a fucking MPP in Nova Scotia. That's like a state senator if you're American. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. But it's Nova Scotia. Hey. It's one of the freak provinces. You'll forget it all tucked away down there. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's okay. They're part of the, the big happy family that is Canada. And so... Everybody else, you can put your differences aside and join the revolution because we're set to battle our way through Neogenic Nightmare, Chapter 5, Mutant's Revenge. 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 Mutant's Revenge first aired October 7th, 1995 and is based on Spider-Man, The Mutant Agenda, Issues 2 and 3. Which takes us to Peter's Comic Book Minute. You're on the clock, Bookworm. Peter's Comic Book Minute. Mutant Agenda, issues two and three. It was written by uh, Stephen Grant, penciled by Scott Collins, and the inker was Sam De La Rosa. Inker is also known as a tracer, but uh, we're not going to get into that right now. No, we damn well won't. <laughs> TikTok. We're, <not laughs> we're going to be here all night. So part two actually starts when the conference center is collapsing and Beast is there to help Spider-Man get everyone out of the building and Spider-Man actually gets crushed by the rubble. But he's like, okay, and makes some quip to Beast or whatever. And then the two of them go and track down Hobgoblin. But the main thing that's different from the comics and this is that uh, Landon doesn't know that Beast is Hank McCoy. He thinks that... Beast killed Hank McCoy and has sworn revenge uh, because they were friends. Yeah, and then like in part three, it's kind of there's a funny scene with like Hobgoblin lamenting in a bar that he's not that great. We'll start making fun of him, and then he beats them up and just like fuck you guys. I'm gonna go and get my money. Does he get his money? (laughs) Does he ever? No. So yeah, but it's uh, there's a there's a lot of similarities. Um, Ending's a bit different, but uh... well, we'll uh, we'll get into how it differs in the end when we get to the end. But we'll start at the start. But our episode starts in a hurry. Spider-Man and Wolverine are locked in combat while Hawkeye is lobbing pumpkin bombs at them. When the Goblin sets off the security system of the Brandt Corporation, the heroes are forced to start working together to find Hank McCoy. They picked up right where they left off, locked in embrace. Spider-Man continues his trend of. 
doing everything he should have done the first time because he webs Hobgoblin's hand when he's got a bomb in it still. It's a fucking brilliant move. For sure. I really did expect it to blow up. How does he prime these bombs to blow up? Do they have buttons or does he just have to throw it hard enough that they just detonate? Because that doesn't seem smart. I think it's the I think it's the force of the throw. Really? That seems so bad. Like he's like has him rattling around in his purse. His man purse. His satchel. I think he has to prime it because like just before he throws it, he like squeezes it twice and then throws it. And it's like on a timer. I, it kind of made me think of um, like I was I always thought he had something on it, like uh, like in Star Wars, when they have the thermal detonator and you like roll your thumb on it or something. But they never really show it in this. and It's kind of weird. You mentioned in the last episode that when Hobgoblin was first introduced, he was such a formidable foe. But now he's a fucking joke. Why didn't you think of this stuff before? Aren't you supposed to be a genius? We'll finish our conversation after I take care of Laughing Boy. Hobgoblin goes over and destroys one of the security cameras, which tips everybody off that there's a shit going down in the alley. And then he just activates a bunch of missile launchers. And, and they just home in on, I guess, anything that moves and fires giant rockets at it. Like, yep. what if you just lived near this place? Like, is there a suspicious lack of alley cats and, like, schoolyard <laughs> children around? Just a bunch of smoking red craters. They're very serious about not getting scooped. This is the highest of tech secret science. When Landon gets alerted that Spider-Man and uh, Wolverine are around, like the security guy pops up and he has like the same haircut as Eddie Brock. I'm like, oh, is that Eddie Brock in his new job? He just cuts it himself. That's a haircut you can set your watch to. <laughs> his name's Leewald. What the hell is that? Talk to me, Leewald. Intruder, sir. Area three. That's how I'm going to answer the phone from now on. Talk to me, Leewald? Yeah. How many Leewalds do you know? It really doesn't matter. How do those missile launchers even reload? Leewald has to go around and like fit, put <laughs> new ones back on there. He's got a big stick. Wolverine gets smoked by one of those uh, missiles, though. He's not as agile as Spider-Man. He's super heavy too, right? That's okay. I metal? wrote that a lot actually in this whole co- like isn't he dense like the sun? Well, maybe not like the sun. Yeah, that's a little excessive, but yeah, he's heavy. <laughs> yeah, he's super heavy cuz the adamantium. Cuz he's got metal bones. The banter between Wolverine and Spider-Man not only now, but like through this entire episode is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, they make a good comedy team, Spidey For and sure. Wolfie together at last. Da-na-na-na. Yeah, there's so much in, in a quick succession. There's so many little things. We're finna your tap dance somewhere else. I heal real quick. Mutant heal thyself. I'm impressed. If you're lying, you're Phileas Spider Pal. I get the picture, Wolfie. But have you ever thought of seeing a manicurist about those things? Oh, it's so good. Well, they're both pretty quippy characters in general, right? So it makes sense. And like Spider Man's is more upbeat, and Wolverine's is always just more angry. So it's a good yep. combo. It's not too much goofy. Sure. And he goes, mutant, heal thyself, John Dunn. Actually, <laughs> it's like a Bible verse, and I looked it up. No, it's, it's Luke, uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 23. Physician, heal thyself. Ah. So, you know, take that, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. Well, let's, uh, let's save that for the Radioactive Spider God cast. <laughs> oh, shit. Radioactive Spider God. Oh. Raise, Raise him. him. Well, meanwhile, Herbert Landon is pushing ahead with his experiment, and the caged beast has an awkward conversation with Landon's assistant, Genevieve, 
calling her motivations into question. Yay, Beast flashback. More sad Beast. Yeah, we get to see him as a nerdy young man. Rage-filled young man. <laughs> oh, he's so full of hate and excessive test tubes. <laughs> I don't know how long ago that was, because like when Beast first appeared, he wasn't blue and hairy. He was just like kind of had the physique of uh, of an ape, but was just like a normal person. Undergrad, I guess? Yeah. I guess so. I don't know when his mutant powers kicked in, though. Genevieve is uh, a little bit third Reiki here with her line yeah. of thinking, man. Like, <laughs> and I can't really subscribe to that, which is like... He wants to eliminate mutants. If they don't exist, then they can't suffer. Maybe it's the only way. Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. That's basically the motto of PETA. Oh, <laughs> boy. Now we're getting some controversy in there. Oh, here we go. Her backstory must be fascinating. Like, I feel so bad for her. Why? Really? I feel like she won the lottery and she doesn't get it. Well, like, obviously she must have been abused to some sort, or at least made to feel like she was shit. And she's very clearly ashamed of herself, so my point is, you know, what caused that to happen for her to be so self-hating? Like, does she expect to just take a dive into that goo too at some point? I think she's hoping for a cure. You know, she doesn't really have to expose herself if she doesn't want to. She's like Xavier. That's or fair. Yeah, yeah. Suspiciously very similar to Jean Grey. Mm. I thought she was very similar to Emma Frost. And before it was confirmed that she wasn't, I thought it was just like, oh, that's going to be Emma Frost. But no, apparently Emma Frost is too sexy to be in this show. In this show. She was in the uh, X-Men TV show. I, I did a quick... A uh, little bit of research, and they don't—they draw her uh, risque, but not to the extent of what she could be seen as sometimes. Uh, so Genevieve has a, a big old freakout and storms off, and Beast drops the famous line: "Methinks the lady doth protest too much." John Dunn. John Dunn. <laughs> John Dunn. <laughs> The spider and the wolf break into the brand corporation and start dealing with these hired goons. Hobgoblin takes advantage of the situation, using the distraction to steal Landon's research and delete his backups. In hopes to ten-couple his fees. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a deck couple? Shut up. <laughs> I panicked. <laughs> I came up with that on the fly. Speaking of on the fly... They came up with their plan for entering this place completely on the fly. They're just like, I'll just burst through this ceiling made of metal, jump on people's heads. Just surprise. Subtlety's not your strong point, is it? Hey, can't even spell the word. I think we discussed this in the last episode that Wolverine is literally the opposite of stealth. He can be super stealthy. I think he can be stealth, but only outside. Yeah, in his natural element. But uh, but guys, laser laser guns drink. Oh, oh, yeah, God, laser guns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Leewold deployed the shit out of those guards. This part's kind of forgettable because it's just, mm -hmm. they reuse animation and it's just the same looking guards over and over and over. So after they defeat a bunch of those goons, Wolverine gives Spider-Man a little compliment. Nice moves, kid. And then Spider-Man gives Wolverine a little compliment. Oh, you're not too bad yourself for an old guy. Which is nice. Mm -hmm. They're getting a little chummy. But mm -hmm. how does he know that Wolverine is old? It's those smile lines. Have you seen them? They're terrible. I don't know. He doesn't even look that old, though. That's the whole point. He looks older than a 21-year-old. Nah, I don't know. I think they're making reference to the fact that he is actually old, and he just 
they forgot that he doesn't know that. Well, Wolverine was born in like the 1880s. Well, yeah, but yeah. I, I just meant because he sounds and looks and is grumpy like an old man. But what I do love is the whole <laughs> infiltration by Hobgoblin. <laughs> going over to Peter's level of expertise here. Peter, this is really hacking, right? Like this is this is how it's done. Oh, yeah. First, you fly out on your hoverboard, uh-huh. and then you just tap buttons at random. Walk us through it. Yeah, so basically, you go to up to the computer terminal, and you press the any key. Computer, open wide. And then mm-hmm. you insert your uh, CD-ROM that's in a cartridge. Oh, yeah. All data on you, genetic code has been transferred to CD-ROM. Is it interactive CD-ROM? There's Windows, I guess. Yeah, no, there's uh, the uh, autoplay feature. And oh. it starts reading his disc and uh, pushes pushes a couple more buttons and executes his program. Greetings. Your computer's data has just been deleted by Hobgoblin Computer Finders. Oh, I'm such a bad hacker. So it's really no problem making your own 3D head, like making a head that's that resembles you and then it, and then it talks because that's what a virus is. Yeah, and it totally works and, like on the system that you put it in without any testing. Uh, wait, wait, is this the prototype Siri? Oh, you know it's not, Vero. Well, it's the 90s. Maybe they got the idea from, uh, from Spider-Man. I'd say a more accurate thing would be uh, Clippy. <laughs> no! <laughs> it looks like you're trying to hack a mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> Spidey and Wolfie close in on the test chamber, holding Beast, literally clawing their way in. Waves of goons get Spider-Man sidetracked, while Wolverine accidentally tases himself, trying to free Beast from his cage. Yeah, as they're running along, they uh, they, they encounter another set of goons, and this these ones, instead of just beating them up or webbing them up like they had been, they just have to throw them into the rafters of this building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> I, for no reason. I think it's just so that Wolverine can have himself a little bit of a quip here. Don't hang around waiting for us. This guy who's like Eddie, I guess who's Eddie Brock. We'll call him Eddie Brock. He's Lee Wald. Oh, yeah, Lee Wald. <laughs> Lee Wald. So, so Lee Wald's there just going and updating Landon on the situation, but he's like not actually helping. <laughs> he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, they seem to be killing all of our people. Don't know what to do here. Opens a beer. Should, should we use the sonic blaster? Yeah, is that what I do as the head of security, or do I just Skype? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Skype. I'm gonna go call Sir. more guys into their doom. Yep, that sounds yep. about right. Sir, Spider-Man and Wolverine are headed for your lab. Spider-Man and Wolverine are kind of being pursued, so they you know head into this room. They close the door behind them, and they're trapped. And so Wolverine yep. just starts slashing the fuck out of the wall. Like, <laughs> and it just takes him forever to, to do it. He's just carving himself a hole. And Spider-Man's somehow impressed by this. He's just it's like, just... cool. Cool. It's just fucking drywall, isn't it? Like, why would it be like really I think it's metal. Steel? I think it's looks awesome. like it's made of metal. Uh. Yeah, it makes it look like it's really structured because it has flaps when it's finished. Yeah, it really takes him a while. It's yeah. like 20 minutes later. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably need to go a bit quicker here. Spider-Man comes back with Beast in hand like, hey, Wolverine, like, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> He's still going. 
<laughs> and then Beast just looks at Wolverine and is like, you know what? It's best to just let him finish. He'll be really pissed John off. <laughs> John Dunn. He just Dunn. Like, picks him up and rocks him to sleep. <laughs> Save you, Beast. <sighs> <laughs> My bed will be slept in tonight. <laughs> Callback. Then they bust out the laser cannon. Drink. Yep. Yeah. And he goes on one knee to fire it, too. He's got to be stable. He's fucking committed. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, the door just fucking takes out Spider-Man. <laughs> like, boom! <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get a good screenshot of it, but it's really hard because there's only, like, four frames. It's yeah. that fast. It's just kaboom! And he gets smoked by this huge door. But yeah, he throws it back at the guys, and he crushes them in turn. <laughs> like, yeah, oh turnabout's fair play, but they're not super strong. I think they're just dead. But they get medical, right? I, I assume when you work for the Kingpin... Even when it comes to your health insurance, you only handle the best. Oh, don't worry. You get chiropractic, massage therapy. Full dental. Full dental. The only thing that isn't immense is the copay. (laughs) (laughs) The way Wolverine commits to that, I'll save you, beast. Legs out, (laughs) arms out, jump into the electrified cage gets me every time. Just watching it on replay. Ah! Then it's time to fly the coop. No, don't! They should have gone full cartoon and had it so like he goes, you know, when somebody gets electrocuted and you can see their bones. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Does it reek like burnt hair afterwards? Everyone's oh, just God. vomiting. <laughs> like, oh, he's so hairy. It smells like Canadian bacon and like... Ooh, nice. And wrapped in a beaver pelt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Landon is talking to Genevieve and they're priming to lower Beast into his secret ooze. And he looks and he looks at her and he goes, The chemicals are to adjust the light temperature. It's time to begin, Genevieve. Is it a bath? Like, is it supposed (laughs) to be tepid? Like, he doesn't want to, oh, it's too hot, too hot, can't put my toe in. (laughs) You can't give him the old spicy chemicals. Well, Vero, if it's too hot, it's gonna burn them. And then you you gotta Oh, wait, he's trying to kill them, right? But, like, if he's just trying to kill them, why does he just fucking kill them? <laughs> yeah, this... Beast down, and then Beast comes back up, just a perfect skeleton. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it, I think we'll get into this a little bit later when we see the full results of the ooze in question, but mm-hmm. I really don't think that this was the best use of your time and resources. Landon starts the test, putting both X-Men in danger of disintegration. Spider-Man arrives to help, using all his strength to keep the X-Men out of the goo, but matters are complicated by Hobgoblin breaking in and doing Hobgoblin things. Kingpin, meanwhile, learns about Landon's deception from his spy and pulls both his funding and his goon squad. The gravy train stops here. Damn right. Yep. You think this Leewald comes cheap? No, sir. (laughs) This is nope. Lee Walt. Lee Walt. We got Lee Walt here. See, no one cares. <laughs> Dodson. Dodson. We've got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. Nice hat. Speaking of Jurassic Park, when Spider-Man goes and lands on the console in front of Landon, and he's just like, uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. Back off, Frankenstein. <laughs> you didn't say the magic word. Yeah, uh-uh-uh. that's true. And then he just rips the fucking control <laughs> thing out of the console. It's like, okay, man, he could have, like, punched him out, too. This would have saved a lot of things. Yeah. 
turn it up and tear off the knob. I thought he was going to web it all up. I was really disappointed that it was just break the lever. Mm -hmm. I like, though, that uh, Beast is having a really hard time holding up Wolverine. Like, Beast is strong as fuck, too. Yeah. But uh, Wolverine weighs a lot because of his adamantium bones. So it's It's hard to one-arm that shit. But then uh, once Hobgoblin shows up to kind of try and get more money. uh, Yep, laser guns. Yeah, laser guns. It's really weird that Landon is just firing wildly around his lab. Like, this is his life's work. I assume those chemicals are delicate, which is why you had to have them at the right temperature. (laughs) And he's just shooting his laser gun everywhere. Yeah, but he hates that hobgoblin, man. Yeah, he he even says, have you ever heard of karma? Ever heard of karma? (laughs) I like Leewald basically having to break it to the kingpin that, no, he was being backstabbed. And what about the mutant army that Landon wants to create for me? I don't think that was ever Landon's intention, sir. How disappointing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. so casual. <laughs> no, like his plan was to kill all mutants. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, boss. Man, when you're breaking that kind of news to the kingpin, it's a very good thing to do it through Skype. You don't want to do that to his face. I sure. swear in this scene, he turns to some sort of like uh, desk or drawer set that has a vase and then Smythe <laughs> interrupts him, and he was about to smash something, and then he's like, I'm gonna smash you now. Yeah, Smythe comes over to gloat, but he's hovering so high up, <laughs> I've never seen him do that before. Can he fly around? <laughs> he's just like, wee! Because that introduces an entirely new <laughs> method of escape from the tower. Yeah. The interaction between Smythe and Kingpin here is fantastic. Again, just old married couple. Alistair and Wilson. I told you not to trust Landon. Mind yourself, Smythe, or I may take out my frustration on you. Do you understand? Quite. I love just looking at it from this point of view now. Like, as a kid, you're just kind of like, oh, you know, Kingpin's mad at Smythe, whatever. But now, like, us going through this, it's just so fucking hilarious. (laughs) It's they hate each other, but they're trapped. Like, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, he's just as trapped with Smythe as Smythe is with him. (laughs) So Beast is super fucking verbose in this episode. And I guess in general, I don't remember much of the X-Men cartoon, but like... Yeah, it's pretty on point. So Spider-Man's like, hey, Beast, can you like hold that? And Beast is just like... Keep us still or Wolverine is lost to us. Good Lord, you could have just said, hold it steady. Or I wouldn't be averse to some assistance. Like, come on, man. You could be like, yeah, please help. Yeah, he doesn't use (laughs) contractions. Yeah, it's very over the top. I do love the classic move here uh, where you have, you know, this tether that was holding this cage over the perilous obstacle. And then the hero jumps in and he grabs it. So everything is inches from catastrophe here. And and the hero has to use all his strength to make sure that bad things don't happen. And they're trying to wake up Wolverine. Yeah, they're trying to be like, wake up, Wolverine. Like, help us out here, buddy. And he's still completely unconscious. But so Spider-Man with that catch, though. Oh, yeah, it was clutch. Oh, hell of a snag. Fucking Spider-Man with a move just comes in there and grabs it. Disconnects the power and everything. But did you guys know that Spider-Man's like super strong? I'm coming to learn that. Yeah. You see a huge flex on him. He's just like, ugh. Hobgoblin taunts Landon about his sweet CD-ROM theft, prompting the nerd to attack him. They have a standoff, and after a struggle, Landon ends up at the bottom of the goop tank, 
Wolverine finally wakes up, and together he and Spider-Man manage to get Beast to safety. Hobgoblin with the ever-painful finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Yeah, that was a seminal court case. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. (laughs) I gotta give kudos to the writers. In the first episode, I was pretty like, what the hell is the point of having the Hobgoblin there? But having that extra layer of, you know, he's using Wolverine and Spider-Man as a distraction. He's trying to eke out as much out of Landon as possible in terms of money and blackmail. And now right. it's the justification for Landon. Landon eventually winding up in the goop is he's being taunted yeah. by his life's work. Um, otherwise, I, I couldn't really see Wolverine or Beast hucking Landon in there as like a screw you, you know. This was like almost in a way that it's no one's fault but his. So it sort right. of makes you ultimately what happens to him make you not be like, oh, you that was a dick move, guys. You know, you don't feel bad for him or anything. And it, it also like you need that wild card aspect because, yeah, there's not there's no reason that Spider-Man and Wolverine wouldn't be able to deal with this problem by themselves. Like if there's mm-hmm. no complicating factor of this maniac flying around on his glider throwing bombs, you could see them wrapping this fucking thing up in 20 minutes. A half hour less commercials. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except when Hobgoblin beefs it into the into the staircase or whatever the handrail is. It just kind of crashes and gets the head stuck like a child on a banister. <laughs> yeah, and then he's trying to pull it out so half-assedly, like, uh, move, come on. Lois, get the butter. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what were you saying about losers being weepers? So Hobgoblin's going and waving around Landon's life's work, and it's on one of those cartridged CD-ROMs. I'm like, oh my gosh, back in the day, that was like what? Like a CD-ROM in its prime held 700 megabytes. My life's work, all those years! All those years of research for Landon is less than 700 megabytes and i bet you half of that's that 3d recreation of the dna strand oh yeah (laughs) definitely i mean if it was just pictures and and documents i could see that fitting on 700 megs you can do a lot of excel spreadsheets true on 700 megs so again all this could have been just fucking solved if someone paid hobgoblin yep yeah stop trying to double cross them the only motivation and it is comic book accurate it's all the same thing he just wants to get fucking paid and someone should just pay him he does good work it's like the subreddit, pet the damn dog. It's pay the damn Hobgoblin. Yeah. So when Hobgoblin disentangles himself from the banister and starts to take off again, Landon just jumps fucking Michael Jordan's way over to the glider <laughs> and one hand dunks on it, like grabbing onto the back of the thing. And he's just being <laughs> total on by this thing. He's just a nerd. Like That's pretty impressive. Don't get between a scientist and their life's work. <laughs> exactly. Should have put that shit to the cloud. Well, if Hobgoblin had taken off like he'd wanted, it would have been in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then Landon oh. falls off, goes right into the fucking drink. Like, yep. good night. And Hobgoblin comes in with the, probably the best witty quip of the entire episode. You scientists always get too immersed in your work. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I put 11 man. out of 10 on that. It was like <laughs> next level. But he drops the disc, and he drops the Landon, and he's just like, oh, I can't get money, so... Well, he's about to kill Spider-Man, uh, but then Genevieve comes to the rescue with more shots. Genevieve. 
Yep. Genevieve. 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 Why are we doing it like fucking Alan Rickman? Landon hauls himself out of the goop and immediately starts mutating. He absorbs electricity from a control panel, grabs his assistant with one of his back tentacles, and takes off into the city, growing larger with each jolt that he receives. Spider-Man, Beast, and Wolverine are so proud of themselves after getting out of that. Wolverine's walking with his arm on around Beast, and they're just... Quite a ride, eh, Hank? Not one I would care to duplicate, Logan. Ready to just stroll out the front door, and Genevieve runs in and just... Dr. Landon's in there! We've got to get him out! It's literally like, well, that settles that. Oh my god! <laughs> he explodes out of that tank. He's coming in full force. Landon comes out of the tank, and he starts mutating it. I, I really am confused about Landon's plan because of this. He says he's coming up with something to destroy mutants. And so what I assumed was it was actually like the dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It was a chemical that would either remove the powers of mutants or kill mutants, but not people. And yet this stuff, I guess, kills mutants and then horribly mutates regular people. Like, what's the point of that? Listen, he didn't carry the two, like B said. No, man. If you, <laughs> if you have to throw a mutant into a dunk tank of perfect temperature chemicals to kill them, you could just throw them in like a volcano or poison them or something. That's exactly what I was saying earlier. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But it depends, right? Like Wolverine's going to fucking survive that. Mm, like true. getting put into a volcano. You know he is. Do something! You're mutants! Use your powers! There's nothing we can do. How ironic. He is becoming what he hated most. A mutant. The way that Landon mutates, it literally looks like they got a someone's son to draw them the example of what a monster looks like. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. It's got this huge caterpillar-ass tail, these tiny little stubby legs, like Kevin said, so the gross. back tentacles, and then he's bald for no reason. <laughs> and he's just like... Ugh. And he's slimy. Like, of course he's slimy, too. <laughs> fucking baby legs. <laughs> yeah, <fucking> ba <laughs> I wrote baby legs. <laughs> this whole part, though, was pretty fucking anime, though. It reminded me a lot of Akira. It's that body horror kind of thing with the scorpion, too. Genuinely kind of, I, I could see it be kind of frightening if you were a kid. I was frightened watching it uh, today. Especially the way that he keeps moaning about how he's in pain. That's kind of, yeah. that's pretty uh, ominous, right? It's very David Cronenberg-ish. Oh, yeah, Yay. yeah, that's right. It's kind of ridiculous because <laughs> he grabs Genevieve with one of his weird back tentacles. Genevieve. Fucking Wolverine's like, that's no way to treat a lady, pal. He just tries to fight him by jumping at him and just gets fucking smoked. Spikes like a volleyball, just... And Spider-Man kind of rips him one and he goes way over the top in response. You sure showed him. Shut up, you puny little geek. They got into such a quipping war early, like Spider-Man and Wolverine. They can't shut it off now and now they're just being mean. You know, yeah. when you go a little too far, you're like, oh, no, we're just being hurtful. Something that was good about the scene, too, is it's clear that Beast is still very ashamed about what he did when he was younger. To the point that, like, I guess he didn't even tell some of the other X-Men or some of his closer friends. Well, he said earlier, it's his greatest shame. So I think yeah. he told nobody. I'm sorry, Wolverine. It's my greatest shame. John Dunn. <laughs> this is a bit different from the comics. So in the comics, Spider-Man actually falls into the dip as well oh. and nothing really happens it's just kind of like i'm good 
Um, I don't know in the comic if they were doing the whole neogenic nightmare kind of thing where Spider-Man is continuing to mutate, whatever. But also in the comic, Landon turns into some rock monster that looks kind of more like the thing. I mean, I like what they did with this because it became an increasingly dire threat. Yeah. In the in the comics, it's it's done in like five panels. Oh. It's kind of cool because this is the moment where the episode kind of shifts. Like at first it was a rescue mission. It was pretty straight up. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to start working together, uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man, obviously. But for the most part, it was very clear what was going on. And now we get this twist and it's this huge threat. You immediately understand that the scale is only going to get worse. And it gives you reason to pull in the rest of the X-Men. And it, yep. it, it, it's it's pretty quality writing actually (laughs) exactly i like the idea oh he needs electricity to ease his pain i mean i feel the same way about booze find relief for the pain so when he does take off into the city it cuts to some news footage and our friend geraldo the newscaster is back it's sort of interesting i listened to what he was saying like a dozen times because I could not understand what the hell he was saying at first. This is John Beard with a J3 News Network live report. I thought he was saying discount beard. This is John Beard. But what he's actually saying is this is John Beard. And oh, oh, did he say that? Yeah, he says this is John Beard for J3 Communications. And yeah, we know he works through J- yeah for J3 Communications now, which is interesting. And also that guy's name is the name of the guy who's doing his actual voice and he's a real news guy from los angeles but he sometimes does voice and acting work for tv and everything when they need a guy who sounds like a newsman uh i recognize him mostly from arrested development oh yes yeah very unique voice very good gravitas almost as good as um oh fuck Stone Phillips. Oh, that was not who I was going to say. With the monsters landed on a rampage, the less interesting X-Men arrive to help. They secure the area and then come up with a plan to science the something or other and the blah blah and put the stop to the creature destroying the city. Cyclops is the fucking kid in school who reminds the teacher they have homework or asks for another assignment. Just, yes, Professor, of course. And please tell me that we have to run laps when we get home. Beast and Wolverine are down there. They'll need your help. We're on our way, Professor. One of my friends' favorite superhero is Cyclops. I'm like, fucking why? (laughs) You know what? That would be an eight-page essay. I want to see why. Mine is clearly Rogue. Well, not superhero. I meant she was my favorite X-Men. All my notes say here is Rogue equals horny. Gotcha! I'll bet you say that to all the gals. That's it. Episode done. Yep. The rest of this episode is just people, every one of the X-Men basically having a little crush on Spider-Man. Yep. Except for Gene, I guess, because Gene is only shown in one long shot and never gets a speaking part or any action or anything to do. Good. Oh, I didn't even see she was there. I didn't even notice she was there. Peter didn't believe me while we were watching the episode, but I was able to find one short little screenshot of her actually standing outside of the Blackbird. So she's there. She's just not doing anything, and she's hiding in the back. Oh. Well, it's basically because, well, we'll get to it, but if she'd used her powers, it would make another part not at all important. So True. 
did you guys notice that the helicopter pilot that is saved by rogues swooping in because the monstrous land and smacks down the helicopter uh the pilot is one of the pilots that we saw in a previous episode the guy who was reading the titty magazine in the cockpit what took you so long it was a fitness magazine. Kevin, that is a workout magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure it was. Sure it was. But the X-Men theme comes in, which is like great. Like I like when they're talking about science. Well, you would think Wolverine kind of <laughs> clues in as the uh, like sort of being the layman's explanation. And he just goes, I'll just climb up there, hand him a wire and say, hold this. No, Wolverine, you don't have to do everything. This one, sit, sit this one out. Is sad. I like Kaiman. We've had enough of you. We have to share the load with the other X Men. Spider Man and Beast have a science off. Yeah, they have a little. I'd say Beast has a little science crush on Spider Man. Oh. Until Spider Man just throws his mutation back at his face, and the the animated Beast animated face is so crushed. So there appears to be a keen scientific mind behind that garish mask, eh, my friend? Takes one to know one, blue boy. There's, like, if you put all of the sad beast reaction shots together, I think that's at least a minute of the animation of this episode. He's right. const- It's constantly cutting to close-ups of beast looking sad. It's that long face. It just lends itself to a pout. What, Spider-Man goes and explains everything that they need to go and get, it, get the job done? And then Beast is just like, oh, luckily we have everything in the Blackbird. <laughs> everything yeah just jump into the deus ex mobile and uh we'll 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 take care of this thing lickety split but uh you know what guys i had a big crush on rogue who didn't when i was a kid exactly who didn't just calling everyone sugar she's got that uh got that southern accent yeah she's a strong independent woman who can kill you yeah so spider-man came in and saved rogue and they go and they show her and it's just like her front and i just expected a big wet patch all right who are we beating today is it, uh rogue you need a towel <laughs> yeah. i don't know i think after that spider-man's like he's wearing spandex man they're like okay spider-man we're gonna need you to go do it he's like yeah just give me a minute He's like, well, what? What are you doing over there? Why, why are you standing? Wait, why? Why are you standing behind that mailbox over there? Like, come on, we gotta go. No, nope. don't worry, guys. Thwip, thwip. Well, uh, their plan starts to unfold, and the X Men pepper landed with attacks and save assistant lady before activating their MacGuffin drive. Using the Blackbird, they take off with the creature and manage to drain him of his energy. But the process overtaxes their engines, and the ship starts crashing back to Earth. So they mention that they need 28 microfarads. No, no, they don't. That's so dumb. No. (laughs) Well, a farad is a unit of capacitance or the ability of a body to store an electrical charge. And they're accurate in saying that they need microfarads because one farad is too big. So people usually work in microfarads or nanofarads. No, because they say they set the frequency to... Whatever it is, microfarads. Set the frequency at 28 microfarads. Frequency is measured in hertz. Fuck! (laughs) I looked it up in everything. Yep, that's why. Whatever, nerd. Shut up, you puny little geek. I also noticed that 
Cyclops is such a shitty leader that Spider-Man basically just takes over and starts giving everyone orders. Like, if you notice, he starts giving everyone the go. Rogue, your turn! Spider-Man's got that BDE, man. They know. They know what? Big Dog when they see him. <laughs> BDE. Big dick energy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not subconscious confidence. He just owns the room. Oh, my God. Cyclops oh, he is, doesn't? No, no, when they're t- I'm just no. picturing Beast and him talking science and Cyclops being like, yes, like a battery, like immediately after Storm says it. He's like, I'm smart too, guys. <laughs> hey, Storm, you just said he's like a living battery. You know what you should do? Hit him with lightning. No electricity in that. Yeah, no, you, you could generate some cold, maybe some harsh winds or something. No, no, right to lightning. Oh, yeah, she hit him with light. Yeah, she should have gotten bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's so dumb. You know who the most important X-Men team member who was there was? Jubilee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She, she blinded him with not science. as usual. Sparkle, sparkle. Yeah, it comes in with the uh, the real sweet quip of the episode. Yeah. This ought to make him see spots. Oh boy! <laughs> but Gambit's in there to seduce Genevieve. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's so weird. And also, Gambit catches Genevieve. She falls from like the top of that building, and he just mm-hmm. like two arm grabs her, and that's fine. Just another Gwen Stacy. It's fine. No whiplash. I see a future for us in the cards. <laughs> they should both be dead. And then they stroll <laughs> off like they're going on a date. Yeah, he's sort of like, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is how Gambit gets his dot. <laughs> Let's uh, yeah. duck in this alley, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, I save you. Maybe you save me. Like, just makes it go super creepy. <laughs> oh, I've been having the blue balls <laughs> for a long time. Cyclops doesn't use his powers in this whole episode, which is great. Cyclops gets relegated to the Blackbird, and that's awesome. Actually, you know what would have been cool is if he eye-blasted the tentacles, and then they somehow grew back, just to show even how grossly mutant this guy really is, you know? Instead, he does none of that. And actually, he doesn't even do a very good job of flying the plane. They immediately start to crash. It doesn't make any sense, because Rogue gets landed all tied up with their cable, they're able to pull him into the sky, and now they're siphoning mm-hmm. off his energy and just sort of displacing it, which is a smart yeah. way to do things. And then he starts to shrink because he's losing his energy. So, that okay, I gotcha. And then after they do that for a while, then the engines start having a problem with his weight. They're like, oh, he's too heavy. But right. He's yeah, smaller yeah. now than when you picked him up. How is it? He's getting lighter. Science. Science. I think, no, I think it's just Cyclops is a shitty pilot. He forgot to put the down flaps. He had one job. Come on, Jubilee. Come on, one Jubilee. One more time. <laughs> He's been too many fucking loop-de-loops instead of driving in a straight line. That's the hardest thing to do. A fiery plane crash is averted by Genevieve, who uses her telekinetic powers to save everyone, and is also revealed to be a self-loathing mutant. Landon returns to regular size, but remains disfigured. And then everyone just kind of plays grab ass for a while while they learn about the importance of friendship. Hey, let's shoot the shit. This gross monster man's getting wheeled away. Hey, at least Beast immediately runs over with a blanket to cover that half-mutated ass. Landon's still in the street as a half-shrek, so it's a good thing that they have emergency blankets on hand. How do you know that his, like, dong didn't go and get, like, mutated to be, like, thrice or quadruple the size i assume it's still half <laughs> yeah so one side's green <laughs> oh god so it's like curved oh yeah probably Maybe. 
Oof. Well, he's not much bigger on the green side, only like his face and stuff. Enough of this mutant donk. You know I wrote that down, too. Uh, but I told you this person was going to be like Emma Frostish. You can see where I was going with it, right? Yeah, I totally did. And I mean, it's very over the top, but it's a kid's show. At least they put the time in and effort into making it like kind of an intrigue thing here. I just think it would have been nice if it re- if she was revealed to be like a known X-Men character. Oh, this is Kitty Pride or Psylocke or, you know, somebody that we know. Eventually joins their team kind of thing. It was a throwaway character. Probably a little bit easier as well to have a, like to come up with a new character. I mean, then having to get the rights to a, a character. You know what I mean? Just have a one and done, yeah. We were joking about this earlier because we alluded basically to her being a telekinetic. And I I remember just thinking, man, I was hoping it'd be something way worse. Like some sort of weird forked tongue or maybe the boobs from Total Recall. <laughs> it's like, it's the pa- most passive power. Just, oh, I can hide it. She lifted a fucking plane, Vero. Yeah, but it's not like she's disfigured. It's not like someone would know. Exactly. I, I always get mad when it's always these type of people that are like, oh, woe is me. <laughs> these type of people? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the, the fucking mutants that, that have the biggest problems with themselves are the ones who tend to look normal. His problem has been solved. But what about the monster within me? Why is, why is this person being such a jerk about it? She won the fucking lottery. She has an amazing power, has no physical differences all has complete control over it from what we've seen why does she hate her power so much maybe she came from that abusive school like uh the kid from the second deadpool yeah maybe but they don't do any work to like set it up so all we can do is speculate and that makes it inherently weaker it's true i would have liked a blast from the past explanation of her and landon and her backstory and then spider-man's just like maybe somewhere there's someone who can help me too (laughs) <laughs> it's just like, it's not all about you, man. Yeah. Like, he just brings it back to himself. It is. His name is on the show. <laughs> it kind of is about him. And then everybody's just immediately bummed out because he's just like, well, guys, cool. I guess I'll just go home alone. They really do heap praise on Spider-Man here to somewhat of an excessive degree. Maybe Spider-Man releases pheromones. We don't know. He does with another character, but she hasn't been created yet. You ever heard of Silk? Oh, yeah, Silk does. You're right. Mm-hmm. Oof. They're just pumping each other up. Like, great job with that piloting. Great job with that lightning. Woo, team. X-Men <laughs> seem like a nice place to work. Like, everyone's really yeah. positive. They really support each other. It's kind of nice. <laughs> You're a heck of a team player. You got that right. A regular ace. Nice working with you, kid. Real nice. <laughs> that was the most inappropriate one of them all, because... Then after everyone goes around on their little love fest, they're like, hey, it was really nice working with you, Spider-Man. And Jubilee's like, yeah, real nice. And we're just like, whoa, easy there, Jubilee. You are, are you 18? Like, I'm going to need to see some ID and then I will tell you how I feel about this. Second of all, don't let the professor hear you because you're going right back in that straitjacket. You're going in the, ro- the rogue suit. You're going in it. You can't have any of this. <laughs> And then you just see, like, it cuts to, like, Jubilee and Rogue, both in the straight jacket, just like Spider-Man, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First time. <laughs> yeah, Gambit's also in a straight jacket. <laughs> and they, they look over at him, and he's just, like, shrugs. He's like, I don't know, Petit. <laughs> I saw him behind the mailbox. 
Wolverine goes and finally gets that like friendship is the answer and everything. And Hank is just like, you are correct, Logan. I'm just like, fucking make out already, guys. <laughs> well, Spider-Man takes this lesson to heart because the bow on this episode <laughs> has him hitting up his old pal, Dr. Mariah Crawford, looking for help with his mutation. And there's the Craven drop. He's sitting there on a, you know, watching the Blackbird fly away. And a newspaper hits him in the face that, yeah. that tells him that Mariah Crawford is in town for three days only. But if you look at it, it's all kinds of fucked up at that headline. It's, it clearly says Dr. Mariah Crawtoes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's terrible. And Spider-Man. Yep. Spider-Man <laughs> and Dr. Crawtoes. I like that they say noted scientists. They're trying to really pump her up as the headline. And the photo is not even of her. It's just of her abusive ex-boyfriend and Spider-Man. Like, hey, I don't think it's ex-boyfriend. I think they're back together. Oh, yeah. Well, he turned a new leaf. I don't really love this ending, actually, because Spider-Man has literally been asking everyone he knows for help. Like, he went to, like, Connors. He's been going to people he doesn't even know. He's, he just heard about Professor Xavier, and he, and he gives it a try. Sure. It's not yeah. that he didn't get help. It's just he hasn't had the right kind. And... I think he would have asked her, but she just got in town today and is only staying for three days. Yeah. Especially since he clearly respects her because he wanted to go work for her. He helped her out before. Yeah. You know, so she owes him. Yeah. So I'm saying I don't, I don't really buy that. Like, I don't think he learned a lesson about friendship yeah, or, you know, asking for help because this whole saga started because he was asking for help. But you know what? He says something very important. I learned that when I'm in trouble... I'm not alone, and I need to turn to my friends. So remember that, all of you listening. John Dunn. That reminds me. <laughs> Peter, can I borrow $500? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and with that, another episode has been avenged. So that means it's time for us to give our final thoughts and arbitrary spider eggs, where we rank this episode using whatever idiotic metric we can come up with off the top of our heads. We're going to start with Peter. My spider rating for this is 9.5 very simplified scientific explanations out of 10. Thought Again, I thought it was great. Uh, there was great team-ups, great quips. The fact we got some payoff with the Landon story, it's a little bit different than it was in the comics, but him turning into a monster was always good. Um, it added some gravity to the situation. I'm glad that the team-up happened. But again, 9.5, and I get the half mark off because fucking Hobgoblin. Just pay the man! <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, for me, I'm going to give this one a solid three and a half back tentacle arms out of four. Uh, I really enjoyed the whole odd couple aspect of the story at the beginning with Spider-Man and Wolverine. Uh, you get some really good payoff on that relationship that they started to build in the first episode. And uh, for the most part, the annoying X-Men were kept to a minimum. The concept of the creature of Landon uh, and how he's kind of evolving uh, throughout his little rampage is really cool. Uh, and uh, the action in general actually is, is pretty great. There are some glaring reuses of animation but that aside the episode looks very good they do some really cool stuff and uh while the twist was kind of lame and i lose some points for that we all knew genevieve was going to be a mutie but it's not the biggest sin in the <gasps> world it's still a ton of fun vero what about you i'm gonna give this episode 
85 degrees out of the near-perfect 90-degree temperature for those chemicals. So we're almost <laughs> there. 98 almost... degrees, though? No, Not everything has to be 90s boy bands, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> the con of this episode is, as much as I enjoyed Spider-Man and Wolverine's quipping, I actually would have rather they toned down how many faceless, nameless guards they defeated so that we actually got a little bit more of the X-Men fighting the monster. Overall, this was a really solid action-filled episode. Um, first of all, I really liked that it kind of gave a little bit of character development to Peter in the sense that he almost got to face his fear in seeing Landon mutate into this crazy monster, but yet people came around and saved him and sort of had a safety net in order for uh, Landon to return to normal. And, you know, yes, he's disfigured, but he's might still be okay. So I liked that because in contrast to the first episode of this two-parter, he is terrified of it and he almost, you know, uses it as a threat to keep people away. And now he kind of is unified in the power of friendship. Really happy that science saves the day. Always a high point of the show when they actually find a way to sort of get you to learn <laughs> or use science in a practical way to save the day. Yeah, super solid. Love the X-Men. This series was great. Awesome. Well, you know, I haven't had my delivery of the Daily Bugle in a few weeks, and I'm starting to think someone here is stealing my subscription. Um, I wouldn't know anything about that. He's supposed to have some big scoop. The moment all America has been waiting for. Today's issue of Bugle. Brock's big scoop. Eddie Brock's biggest scoop. Big news, too. That's unbelievable. Exactly how did you happen to get this? As Peter tries to find a cure for his new mutation, his fellow classmate believes it is part of Peter's assignment and is planning to steal it for himself. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, so shit. what, if anything, do you guys remember about this episode? Or should I just let Vero get it out of her system right away? Just let her, let her do it. Let her I do need it. plasma, <laughs> Felicia. Yes, ah, it was so good. Uh. Um, I remember about this episode is the cliffhanger or commercial break moment where his weird suction cup hands are reaching towards the camera and you get a front row shot of however the heck they do a vampire PG or G, I guess. I honestly don't remember very much about it at all, except I remember Morbius wearing some sweet goggles while he was doing science. <laughs> <laughs> like, like fucking old timey inventor goggles. He's also... Doing his research in a bell tower, for God's sakes. Because <laughs> he's a fucking Where else do you find that? Oh, good point. I just remember what Vero keeps on mentioning <laughs> through the last 17 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> Felicia! <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, uh, we'll have some time to build up our plasma supply because that's it for this one. As we said off the top, check us out online. All the links are on our website, RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. If you liked our episode, please share it with your friends, family, and any grotesque electricity-consuming abominations you happen across. If you loved it, consider sharing it online with the hashtag RASpiderPod or rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Helps a lot, gets the show out there. So we'll be swinging back your way in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, this is Radioactive SpiderPod saying, ask a parent or guardian before touching any vats of goo. Keep swinging. <laughs> Hang loose, tiger. <laughs> Shut up, you puny little geek. Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Fuck, I can't say Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Fuck, okay. Hobgoblin flies in to hope to dodeca loople. Dodeca tuple. <laughs> dodeca loople. Dodeca couple his fee. Oh my god, he still said it wrong. <laughs> Hobgoblin shows up and he's hoping to dodeca tuple his fee. Okay, I just got benched for my own joke. <laughs> yep. 